Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast, where we bring you the perfect blend of two of our favorite things, a steaming cup of coffee and the thrilling world of professional wrestling. I am one of your hosts, Jamie. And I'm Mark. I forgot that's my cue. <laughs> and we are going to be diving into the latest news and developments in AEW and WWE. We're also going to be sharing our opinions and how we feel about shit. And that's the best part, right? Is it? Is that the <laughs> that's best part? That's why you stick around and listen, isn't it? Oh, apparently my set's done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, I put it on Do Not Disturbed in the first five seconds we start the podcast that, that we're going to have a snafu like that. I thought you had like a soundboard or something over there. I was like, is that the route we're going now? No, no. It's my, it's not swag on, or to flex on anybody. It's my workout app that yes. I have. Um, and I forgot to finish out my workout from like two days ago. Like I just <laughs> didn't, I never hit finish. So I just happened to look at it and I went to dismiss a notification and apparently that was like for my next set. And so when it's, it's got an auto timer. So after like two minutes, it rings the bell. So nice. So it's been thinking you've been working out for like 48 hours. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty up there. Just I, leave it. It, oh yeah, I've done that before. I've done it. I think, the, <laughs> I think the longest one I've ever had was a week, but, uh, this one I'm sitting at 42 hours, 15 minutes and 56 seconds. Damn. Going on, yeah, you got it. You got it. Trying to get that Bobby Lashley, you know. (laughs) Well, the whole idea is you can't ever stop working out. Like that's that's the whole thing. You never stop working out. That's how you get that physique. Even when Bobby Lashley goes out there for for Raw and gets destroyed by another man, that probably just sits on his couch. No, he's actually losing gains. He's as soon as he hits, like goes back into the gorilla position. They've got they've got you know three fifteen on a on a bench, and he just pumps out reps of five to six. If you you actually look. Underneath the really nice outfit, he has weights on his ankles. It's a compression suit just to keep his body from tearing <laughs> through the outfit because that man, like, especially as a man, you kind of know if when you start feeling feeling good about yourself, you got and you're like, man, I'm working out a little bit. You start wearing like a shirt that's a little bit too small, yeah. and it makes you look good. And Bobby sure. Lashley knows the that medium, but I think Bobby Lashley hasn't bought a new suit since he like no moved. need. From like two fifteen to two thirty five, right? Because that man looks like he's like at the at the smallest turn, he's gonna blur, just burst. He's gonna burst out of those uh, those fucking outfits. That's how Wardlow dresses. That's how I want to be. Yeah, I want to be bursting. And granted, I have to just get extra extra small, but let's be on the point. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start off by talking about the latest in AEW, and what better way to start off than by talking about? Maxwell Jacob Friedman. The fucking scumbag himself. The scumbag of the world. Yeah, he had a... Uh, where, Matt, where shall we start? Well, I mean, let's start <laughs> right from the get-go. Dynamite started up on Wednesday night, and we were treated to uh, a AEW world title match right off right off rip. I mean, you never see I that I believe opening. it was an eliminator match, correct? Yes, it was an eliminator, okay. but still, you, you, had your, you had your AEW world champion in action At the beginning in the opening of Dynamite. Yep. match. Which I thought was I thought was great. You They're never afraid to do that. You, you know? instantly grab the attention of everybody. It, exactly. It makes the title important, but it doesn't make it so important that you have to put it as the main main title every. Or I'm sorry, the main event every single. You night. don't. But I feel like MJF's story was so intertwined with Dynamite that it had to kind of get the match out of the way in a sense, so that he could be continue to be a part of like Brian Seems Danielson's like match. A lot of wrestling promotions are doing that with their top storyline. Just I saying. mean, if it works. I mean, we were t- we were talking about notes, or we were doing notes right before this, and we noticed that pretty much, <coughs> excuse me, pretty much all of SmackDown was 
the bloodline was basically bloodline <laughs> like the main focus of it was bloodline whereas was. in raw had almost nothing of it had a little tidbit of it you know, you know if the story is good the story is good and mm-hmm. uh, a great example of this this has nothing to do with wrestling or stories uh the great dimebag daryl said that you know when you are making music why save the money riff yeah he, he's he's always he's it's always said like in pantera we give you the money riff the riff that you want like the thing you want to wait for that the thing you want to ha- you want to bang your head to why am i going to put that only in the verse or the chorus i'm going to i'm going to make that go through the entire song i'll play it a little bit different and then we'll go right back into the money riff and you're going to love the entire song and that's a, a that's exactly what what they're doing is they know that Sami Zayn, the bloodline, Cody Rhodes, like it's the talk of the town in yeah. WWE land. And, and MJF, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. MJF got to the point this week that he did a backstage promo, talked a little bit about a scenario, <laughs> and there were over, last time I checked, like 300 calls yep, to a- the local police department about MJF saying he basically committed a felony. Yeah, and framed somebody... A young, a young woman for, you know, DUI and yada, yada. Uh, a lot of people, it's fun. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll, hold on, we'll get to it. So we started out that we started out Dynamite with uh, Kanosuke Takeshita taking on MJF in a AEW world title eliminator match. And I, I, instantly, the walls were burning on the, on the barn. Because Absolutely. these two, it was great. I think you and I, there were numerous times, because classic marking out for wrestling when, it, when you have something like this, even an eliminator match, like you can you can look at it and be like, okay, I could see them giving this to the challenger, and I was really hoping they were going to do that. I was really hoping they were going to give the win to Kanosuke, let him look good like that, and then get the loss when you know when it's the title match and whether MJF cheats and gets the win. I was hoping they were going to do something like that. Um, and there was numerous times during this match that you and I both thought, like, holy shit, they're actually going to give it to him. Um, what a great way to put him over, you know? Right, but at this he point, deserves it. Does he need? Does he need it? Does he need it? No. Does he deserve it? Yes. I you know, yeah. he looks. He looks great. Obviously, he's out there giving it his absolute best. Mm-hmm. Uh, MJF doing his absolute best, and you know, classic Eddie Guerrero style: lie, cheat, steal, do whatever you got to do. No, oh, yeah. He's involving Paul, letting Paul Turner get in the way, of the ref. Um, well, was, you know, he's it was a relatively clean match for for MJF. There yeah. was no outside interference. I mean, he at one point looked like he was going to rip Takeshita's shoulder. You know, yep, he's with his, that his arm separate literally. I, I don't know the name of it, and they say it every week, but yeah, that like that arm bar almost. Yeah, uh, you, you just know. wrench it backwards. Just awful. Um, but yeah, he end up ends up getting the win. Um, after they went. Round for round, like I said, we there was a couple of times that we both thought that Kanosuke was going to get the win, um, but they played the story right. They made MJF look super heel. They made Kanosuke look super strong, um, and then this all accumulates towards the end when MJF gets the win. He gets the ring from Paul Turner for some reason. He had the ring, I guess, just to make it fair. Uh, ends up pie facing Paul Turner and then hits Kanosuke with the ring, splits him open. So we've got. This you know brand new to American television, uh, Japanese star who's already split open, already adopting the Americanized wrestling antics. Of course, um, which cues Brian Danielson, of course, to come to the save of Kanosuke, uh, just furthering even more storyline with MJF. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, he does have, you know we'll get into that match here in a minute, but then it goes into uh, shortly after a promo, like you said, to where he claims of 
switching seats with a young lady on prom night. Let's call her Liv. Let's call her Liv. And of course, the internet <laughs> blows up. MJF yeah. is so good at just dropping these little tidbits, whether it's Liv Morgan or it's, you know, he'll, he'll adopt or he'll have like a, a wrestling hottie hanging out with him in the boxes. Right. And you're like, well, who's this? And now you're like Googling, you're, yeah. you're searching, oh, MJF's hanging out with. Was it Dom Daddy? I don't know. Something like Deloise that. Or something like that. She's from and, Colorado. And, and it was great. Like, he knows how to get Twitter fire he and he does. knows how to make his name, whether, he does. and I, I've said this before, good, bad, or indifferent, he You're is good about heat. Him, you yeah. Know? Especially on Twitter. Yeah. But he had, a, he had a good segment. I don't know. A lot of people thought it was like this amazing blow away segment. I thought it was a very, like, you could see the destination 10 minutes before we even got over the fucking hill. Um, so you knew not maybe exactly how he was going to word it, but you knew he was going to do some slick bullshit because, you know, he's got that cocky blue Camaro and out partying with all the honeys. Yeah, and it's and, great because he tweets out a picture of him with the blue Camaro. Which apparently he did own a blue Camaro. So again, this is MJF taking elements of his real life experiences and, and intertwining them with a character that is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Right. MJ, I guess I'm, I'm embracing Jacob the scumbag. Person. Right. He's embracing the scumbag and he's intertwining his real life experiences so that it feels real. Yes. He had a blue Camaro when he was 17 years right. old, 18 years old. Doesn't and he's he got the photos. It, it doesn't have to make this shit up where you're like, Oh, he, I, you can't go online and be like, well, I don't see any register of him having a blue Camaro in, exactly. in the years of 2000. And like, there's idiots that'll go out there and do this. And he's good like this. He can intertwine this stuff and then do exactly that. And he creates such a fuss that 300 plus calls go into whatever county police station looking, wanting people wanting to look into this. And it's just like, God, it's so good. It is. It's so good. If you can't, if you don't like MJF for his antics, you've got to like appreciate him for. Mm-hmm. What and how he does it. He he is not, I think, talent-wise, the best person to have the belt right now. In the ring-wise, you mean? No. Oh, I 100% agree. I think he is the best person to bring in ratings and get people to watch it, you know, because he is going around basically saying that he doesn't have to be at these matches. He doesn't have to come to Dynamite. He doesn't have to do anything like that. He only needs to compete. <laughs> At the the pay-per-views. Right. But when he does come to Dynamite, they play it off as, well, he's contractually obligated. So it just, they're playing into the story so well. So you're saying he's the Steven Seagal of AEW. The Steven Seagal, He looks great on the outside. Not the best in reality. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's packaged well, you know? If you haven't seen, if you think wrestling is fake, if you haven't seen Steven Seagal demonstrating his his martial arts abilities in Japan, the worst thing. Oh, but it's the best thing. <laughs> it's the best thing. Oh my god, he is the Danzig of of martial arts. Yes, he is, it's the, he is the worst human being to ever compete. <laughs> it, it just, go out, go watch it. It's it's it's. Don't do it while you're driving. You'll die. Yeah, it's funny as hell. Two further into the MJF storyline, we have Brian Danielson versus Roosh up next. Uh, basically, MJF promised Roosh that he would get a, a five suitcases worth of money, gave him a one said, suitcase advance. I believe he said that one case had 100K in it, too. So that's, okay, so he's going to give him $500,000. Half, half a million dollars to end To Brian break Danielson. his arm, right? Just end him. Yeah. 
Maybe I think he said it might have been break his arm. I, I just know he wanted him out of the picture. I mean, if you saw Brian at the end, you would have thought that he might have actually ended. I know, him. right? <laughs> it was bad. Brian is a phenomenal just human being in general because I've been watching him for years, ever since he was in WWE. Unfortunately, I never watched Ring of Honor back in the day, so I never saw him back then. But he has just become the guy who has just gotten better every year. Oh, yeah. This match was great. I wasn't 100% like sold on Roosh yet. I, I don't know what it was about this. Like, it, it, I don't know. It really spoke to me. It was just a really good match. I enjoyed it. It was hard hitting. They both say the least. equally gave it to each other back and forth. Mm-hmm. Brian started bleeding, unfortunately, very early in the match. I, I'm, still, I'm still unclear as to what happened, but it, it, was, it definitely didn't look like a spot. Because Roosh at no. one point was holding Danielson's head, and the gash that was it was above oh. his right eye, like in the middle of his forehead. It was nasty. It was it was probably about an inch wide. It looked it actually like. made me kind of queasy, and I don't, was, I'm not like that. It was a large wound, and whether it I mean, was he a, threw him into the barricade, so I don't know if he hit something over there. Yeah, but it was like shortly well, I mean, after. At, look at Joe uh, Samoa Joe. What was it last week? Two weeks ago. I mean, that was when a he, chair when Darby Allen threw. No, no, it, it was the table. Head. It was the edge oh, of that you're table. You're right. He was going to set. But up even the table then, and... that split him wide open. And I mean, head injuries. That was bad. Um, it, it may have looked bit worse than what it really was, be just because it's you know head injuries. They bleed so bad, and of that's of course the adrenaline, that's the, whole idea. the heart's pumping. Yep. That's the whole idea with uh, wrestling is when you're. That's why they cut in the. Uh, that's why they blade in the forehead area. Is it's easy to hide. On top of that, your your head wound mixed with the sweat, it, it just, it looks good. Like, you know what I mean? If your chest was pouring blood, that's what, one thing, but you got blood dripping down from your forehead onto your face. It's just so happens that it just pours that well. Of course. And if you've ever busted your head open by accident, hit a, like slam into a wall or have somebody knock something over the head, over your head or something like that by accident, you would know that it just drains, even without the adrenaline, the sweat and, and you know, the constant like blood pumping, like just sitting there crying like a twelve year old kid with your head in the you know in yeah. the bathroom wall. That shit bleeds. Yeah, he was rocking the crimson mask and didn't. It was miss instant. A beat. It was instant. He, he didn't split. miss a beat though. Uh uh-uh. uh Never does. Never does. He, he he fought for so long that it eventually stopped bleeding, mm-hmm. which is common. They they stop fairly quick. Right. But MJF's on commentary this entire time, of course, egging it on, claiming Roosh is going to win, and and a lot of times it did look like he was going to pick up the win, but. I mean, come on, you had to give Brian the win. You can't tell us you're going to get a, a hour-long gauntlet match and not give it to us. Oh, or yeah. Not gauntlet match. Well, I'm sorry, what is it supposed to be? Iron Man match. Iron Man match. Well, and, and uh, not just that, um, this was Brian Danielson's last match that he needed to win in order to put himself in the number one contendership. And I don't think anybody's really talked about that. Brian Danielson is in the number one contendership for a world title match, or for the world title. And I wish I would have done my research. This is when was the last time Brian Danielson had a shot at a world title? Honestly, I don't know. I would have to look back. I mean, it was definitely his WWE days. I mean, he had and what, that was a, before he had to quote unquote retire. I think the last thing that he did in WWE was WrestleMania. I don't know if that qualified him for any type of title. I mean, because he he left shortly after, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, we'll have his to look. Contract ended. We'll have to look that up. But yeah, it <laughs> was. Uh, it's this is going to be his first world title shot and. A few years, I yeah, can say that really I mean, confidently he's been without in even AW looking anything for up. a while. He hasn't gone for anything. He's been he's... at least at least a year. He's been out for what? You say three, four years at the most. Yeah, it, he was out for a while with the injuries. You know, so that's what you think. It's probably his first title shot in probably like five years. You would think so. Yeah, 
you know. But his first time in AEW really going for something like this, and he's been known to say mm-hmm. that it wasn't his reason for getting into AEW was to win titles and be that WWE guy that comes over. So I don't know. What do you think? You think that Brian's going to end up winning or you no. think MJF's going to retain? I think MJF's going to retain, whether it's by, I don't think it's going to be a clean win. Yeah. I think in that it fits right into the MJF motif. Um, I think it's going to be a great match, but think of the stipulations. It's an Iron Man match. That means, is there DQs? And if there is DQs, what, to what extent? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, it's, but I, I don't think Danielson's going to be able to win this one just because I think, I, I, I just don't think he, it's going to be the right time either. I think MJF's too hot right now with the belt. I think Danielson's a too good of a commodity mm-hmm. to put the belt on. I mean, he can take the loss. For sure. <laughs> he hasn't lost yet, I don't believe. And it, yeah, he has lost. Danielson? Oh, that's right. He has. Well, he hasn't lost in a while. You know what I mean? And I just think you're right. He can, he can take the loss. I think uh, MJF could take the loss, but I think it would be silly to do that right now. He's just got so much, so much heat on him that wait until you have your next guy that you want to put as the face of the company, face okay. of the company to, to throne him. And I don't think Danielson's it. And I think that, because I think you put the belt, you put the belt on Danielson. Number one, you're going to have people whine, bitch and moan. About oh now the WWE guy's got the belt again, you know, and of course he just shows up and gets and he didn't, but you're always going to have that, and I think there's a little bit of legitimacy that argument. Like you've you've started to lean on this AEW talent so much recently, continue to do it. You're the Moriarty's, your Jungle Boys, your Britt Bakers, your Jamie Uh Haters, you know. But they acclaimed in in singles matches, you know. Oh yeah, I think it's gonna. I I some great guys there, and I mean even gals. Oh yeah, and you know. Even going after you know all this match, this match has been over, you know over. Roosh ends up losing to Danielson. We're talking about homegrown stuff or uh, uh, wrestlers. You know who better than Top Flight and Ar Fox? Granted, Ar Fox isn't homegrown. Taking on the elite. I mean, he's was, trained some of these people. So oh my god! <laughs> but he's melt so well into the fold of AEW, and they put he on a hell of a really match. Really killed it. I mean, as I always say, hate the elite, hate Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, all you fucking want. At the end of the day, they know how to make an entertaining match. They, they know, know how, how to, to perform. Story the, the story is incredible, but they always make the other guys look really good. And this match, I would say mm, the first 40% of it, it was definitely the elite that had it. it oh, for they sure. were just absolutely decimating top flight and AR, making them look bad. And it was a comeback story in a sense, like you said, it was a story, sure. you know, that they were telling. It was great. I absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, AR Fox is like my new favorite wrestler. Not that oh, he's yeah. new. <laughs> no, no, he's, he's a seasoned favorite, veteran. You know? It just, yeah, he's he's just AEW has so been a, such a good. And I know there's argument of AEW versus WWE, but AEW has been such a good, refreshing yes. look at wrestling to where yes. you get to see not just what you see in WWE, you see different types of talents and this is perfect like this is the young bucks and the elite and kenny omega you know shades of the bullet club shades of uh even like shades of wwe because you had the young bucks they were the uh oh my god if i would have thought about this three seconds ago they weren't the young bucks they were uh generation me in wwe Mm -hmm. so they know how to be in that that you know big time wrestlemania-esque sure crowd um and then you bring two people like top flight who through trials and tribulations of the past two years have become one of the top tag teams in 
Absolutely. You know, that's outside the spectrum of WWE. Sure. Um, and then AR Fox, AR, I said that's so weird. AR Fox. AR <laughs> Fox is, you know, he's a seasoned veteran. He was in uh, uh, Lucha Underground. He's mm-hmm. been in ROH. He's, he's been just in, a pro. Like, there's there was so one good. spot. I can't remember particularly what happened. Somebody just, like, missed it just by an, um, an inch. I think it was Kenny Omega, and they had to, like, sidestep and, and basically. Um, oh, that's right. Kenny Omega ran at. Uh, I know what you're talking about. AR Fox went to get the tag. He was supposed to jump on the top turnbuckle. Kenny Omega either jumped the gun or AR was behind. He ran up to the turnbuckle, realized what was happening. They both stopped. Kenny advanced and AR Fox, you know, kind of hit him real quick just to create that that second of time that he needed to be able to get up on top of the top turnbuckle to hit the spot and continue like it, it turned into like a big series of events yeah it's just like a season pro move where it's just like a tiny little hiccup mm-hmm. if you're not really paying attention you might miss exactly what or happens. you don't know what you're seeing you 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 would never even notice it and it's they, just great there's no you know big i hate to say botch but you know there's there's no botches there's no mess up it's just one consistent uh the the energy just the kept flowing yeah they just you know like throughout the movements it just it never stopped the momentum never stopped the energy never stopped ar had a great spot where he was just giving a cutters every to everybody everyone everyone's getting them cutters them rko cutters like i love Can't them. Get enough of all these guys i love them um but it was a great match uh unfortunately not unfortunately the elite retain um so again they uh, i mean again ar tried i Again, this was another match you, that two was... Two times, I thought AR Fox had it against Kenny Omega. Oh, 100%. I was, I was the on the boat. edge of my seat, literally yelling. And then that after last, the match, like, I looked minutes. at Mark and I was like, what the hell? Like, you ever have one of those moments like where you're driving and then you get home and you're like, did I stop at the red light? Because you're just so in the zone. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the music. You're listening to the podcast or whatever it is. Yep. That's what happened there. I was yep. like, this ended and I was like, oh shit, like I'm not there. I'm I'm at home. Like, where are my kids? <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> God, Great we consider watching wrestling if you Great don't know match. who the kids are. Um, <laughs> they were home. Were they? They were fine. Uh, yeah, it was a great match. Um, I don't know where they're going with the trio's tag title. They're doing a lot of focus on this. They have not said too much with the... Well, I would say they wouldn't have done much with the tag titles, but uh, later on we had tag title changes. Um, yeah, this was a really good match. I, I, make, I'm, I feel like I say, I say this all the time. I'm excited to see what they're doing with... Uh, with it and who's going to challenge the belt next. it's consistent because i really thought they were going to take a break from the trio's titles after the uh you know seven oh, matches yeah. that they had i really thought that was going to be okay there's going to be a month where you're not going to see either any of these guys or wrestling. at least they're not going to defend the titles but instantly they within have. like a week two weeks it's they're they're defending them again right back on tv like it's nothing like they haven't they haven't skipped a beat there either yep. so props to the young bucks and kenny omega for always uh showing up Going up and doing what they do best. Now, although this wasn't for the trio's championship, we did have another three-on-three match, and this happened on Rampage. It opened Rampage. Yep. It was members of the Blackpool Combat Club that included John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta versus The Butcher, The Blade, and Kip Sabian. Over it. What is this? What is this? Is cardboard boxing over it? Mm-hmm. Over... I don't know. He's he's Kip Sabian. I love Kip Sabian. <laughs> Kip. Can't remember what box he had, but uh, and then we also personal fav- favorites of the show: Butcher, Andy Williams, yes. uh, and the Blade. Shaved his head. Shaved his head. Look good. I like it. Looking good. Needs that monocle back. Now he needs mm-hmm. he, he needs mm-hmm. to look like an evil Monopoly man. <laughs> okay. You know what he's giving me vibes <laughs> of? 
He's giving me vibes. If you've ever watched Looney Tunes, this is kind of dating how old I am. If you've ever watched Looney Tunes, whenever Bugs Bunny, uh, you know, he's digging through the fucking dirt and he pops up and he's like, oh, I took a wrong turn in Albuquerque. Yeah. And he's looking around and he's in like, like Saudi Arabia. And there's like the big hulking, like Saudi Arabian guy with the turban and he's yeah. got the white pants and no shirt <laughs> and he's got the mustache and he's bald. That That's what Andy Williams looks like to, to me now. Cause he's got this like. This rat, this thing hanging out of his like back pocket that's right. got something written down on it. I couldn't quite read it, and it's just like part of his gimmick. And he's he's got like a thick red waistband going with black pants. And all I can think of is like, yo, this dude's about to break out a simtar and like pluck a hair off of <laughs> off a bunny rabbit and like let it drop and watch it split into two. Yeah, which yeah. is funny because when I was a kid, I, I never understood that. I was driving. I it was right here on four ninety one. I remember right before you pull in, right before Win Dixie. I was driving, and I don't know why, but I thought about that scene, and it dawned on me why he was, I was like, I never understood why he was dropping, splitting a hair. I was like, okay, splitting a hair. That's what I just, I thought for years, it dawned on me the reason why he was dropping the hair was it was so sharp that I could split split a hair. hair. And it was one of those things I'm driving went, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, for 20 some odd years, I didn't even think, it never clicked, and for some weird ass reason, came back like an acid flashback that that's why that he cut the hair in half. <laughs> I love so it. So Andy Williams looks like that guy. Okay, cool. Thanks for planning that. There's much Not more. Not a dig. Not a dig. No, no, I love the look. It looks <laughs> great. Andy Williams always has like crazy uh, appearance changes when he finally decides to do one. He does, and he can do whatever he wants to. You know, I have seen, oh God, every time I die, I probably saw like six, seven, eight times. And every time I saw them, he played guitar for them for a while. By the like way, over ev- 20 years, Jamie's not Jamie's not just cl- claiming every time she dies that, that Andy Williams is, was a guitarist in a now broken up band. Every time I die, which is ja- one of Jamie's favorite bands. Um, and he started wrestling towards the end of their tenure. Once they decide to call it quits, Andy then took it, took it and shifted to full gear to wrestling. So if you didn't know, look up every time I die. Their music is quite phenomenal. It is. But at any rate, I'd seen them over the years. Every time I've seen them live or every time you see them in a music video or a, 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 any type of live event, he looks completely different. Yes. But the attitude's the same. Attitude's always the same. He looks like an absolute teddy bear and like a super nice guy. But then he does, you know, like you said, the Bugs Bunny uh, Simtar guy right. gimmick. Well, it's funny with Andy Williams. And I, I, there was more than this match than just Andy Williams. Uh, it was a really good match, but when he was doing his music playing guitar like he was never one to get in front of the camera or want to do interviews or do sure. things like that it was he was like known for not wanting to do that mm-hmm. and now i've listened to more podcasts and interviews and and backstage segments with andy williams and he talks about so many so many different things and it's crazy to see the two different types of individuals that he's become with wrestling and his music. Yeah, kind of you know. coming out of a shell, <laughs> developing his character. Yeah. Watching him develop his character over the years and doing different things and seeing like what kind of stuck. And I like this match that was on Rampage because he got a lot of time. It was really good. I liked the back and forth between him and Claudio. Of course, BCC never never disappoints. No, never. Um, fun seeing Butcher out. and Blade with Kip. I liked that too. Yeah, I know they've they've kind of well. I mean, uh, the Bunny and uh, Penelope Ford have had tag teams before, so I'm sure it kind of stems from that. So it kind of makes sense. Uh, but I do like the aesthetic. The the three of them look together 
or, or look very good together. You know, um, kind of that darker aesthetic. Uh, Kip Sabian has kind of that, he'd say in it, but like kind of that emo kid look that with, with a smaller frame. And then you've got two hulking dudes that, you know, if you don't know what Drag the Lake is, that's their, not only their finisher, but it's a reference to, um, I'm Never sure a volley, on. a volley of different <laughs> things. Cause you know, Epitaph had Drag the Lake and yeah. like you said, Never Time I Die song. Um, so I feel like the aesthetic between the three of these really go well together and I could see them being maybe a, a contender against the house of black, maybe a, a, a contender yeah. against, uh, for the trios tag titles. I yeah, can see them as a faction going forward and I kind of hope they do, but I understand if they don't, um, but they were able to complement each other very well, mm-hmm. especially with their wrestling styles work, their aesthetics work. And then it just makes sense with this match. We got John Moxley, Claudio. And Wheeler Yuta, and you could literally go butcher, uh, or I'm sorry, you know, a blade butcher and and uh, Kip and size for size, pound for pound, about right. everything with these guys matched up. Agreed. And the match was great. They they really showcased everybody's power, everybody's move set. Yeah, talk about power and talk about small guys, big guys. Uh, what about that German suplex that Wheeler Yuta did on? Speaking of the butcher. On oh the my butcher. god. Oh my god, insane. That was impressive. Wheeler Yuta it, impressive. for. For somebody who looks like he he couldn't deadlift half a pound, <laughs> like he is extremely strong. He is, and he knows how to use leverage the right way to move big men like that. Um, I'm very very impressed with Wheeler Yuta as a as a wrestling fan. I didn't know anything about him going into AEW, and when he started to kind of show up, we were like, "What the hell is this dude?" I have grown to absolutely love Wheeler Yuta. I agree. I'm a huge fan of his. And remember that William Regal said, Wheeler Yuta, you don't need me. But R- William Regal's son did. So good for Wheeler Yuta. You're the man. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Great match. <laughs> That'll about do it for AEW. Let's move on to WWE. 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 Okay, you did it worse than I did, so now I don't feel nearly <laughs> as bad. Good. Um, we'll just dive right into it. We've got Elimination Chamber coming up. It's next, this coming up weekend, a week from to yesterday. <laughs> to yesterday. To yesterday. See, if I say it like that, then people can't come, they're going to be like, well, you were wrong about what day it was. Like, well, if you listen, no. I didn't say a real word, <laughs> so I can't be accountable for the things that I exactly. say if they're not actual real words. You got it. It's like if I insulted you and called you a shugamanga dude. I don't know what that is. You can't be offended. You can't be offended because I don't know what that is. (laughs) Somebody would get mad at me. So yes, we have Elimination Chamber coming up. Always a fun one. Always an interesting one. I actually hate Elimination Chamber. Oh, really? I'll be the first to admit it. I like it. I don't like the match. I think it's, for a six-man match, I think it's just a long, drawn-out pay-per-view match. Yeah. I I just, I don't know. I I I don't get into it. Like, it's... I think if you put the right people in there, I guess the anticipation of who's going to be coming out and... You know, yeah, facing who I find myself that fun. when I watch it and I don't get who I want to come out, I get upset and angry and I don't want to watch it anymore. Like, I just want this guy to come out to fight this guy, but no, they just never do it. And it's annoying. <laughs> I don't know. I don't give me what I want. I pay my five dollars a month for fucking Peacock. Give me fucking what I want. Damn it. <laughs> if you're not giving me what I want in WWE, then you're doing a shit job at being a product. Well, let's stop. <laughs> let's start off with the product. There's and a reason why my name is Mark. Regards to the men's elimination matches, 
to yes. determine the participants of the elimination chamber. That's so, like so far for the yeah. United States championship. So, so far we already have obviously Austin theory, who is the United States champion. Uh, we have Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano and Bronson Reed. Right. Um, Two spots left, and both those matches happen on Raw? Yes, both of them match, ma- okay. happen on Raw. Uh, and you had brought this up, and this was kind of off-air, but I, I remember what you were talking about, uh, and we'll bring it up when we talk about Brock and Bobby. Bobby lost, Bobby Lashley lost his position, in, or not lost his position, but his chance at um, a WrestleMania match, or WrestleMania match, an Elimination Chamber uh, match, because, because of, of Brock Lesnar. Right. Um, regardless, that was... I might have to edit that to go somewhere else later on the podcast, but it just dawned on me as we were talking. But yeah, we have Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, and uh, the newest member of, of Raw, I guess, in WWE, Bronson Reed. Uh, very happy to see that happen. Yeah, the last two couldn't be more polar opposites. Right. Uh, but then we also had, uh, basically, the, the Street Profits both had their own individual matches for yep. the Elimination Chamber. Yep. A lot of people speculated. And going for both, really. Yeah, wow. a, a lot of people end. speculated that it was going to go to both of them and kind of start sending the dissension between these two because yep. that's been kind of creeping. It, they, they did it a little bit about six months ago and then had them come back together uh, after, I think, Angelo Dawkins got injured. Um, but we had Damian Priest took on Angelo Dawkins and Elias took on uh, Montez Ford. And only one made it. Montez? Montez Ford, my dude. I I'm, love Montez. I'm I love three, Angelo, but Montez is I was going to say, like, I'm like three quarters of the way with Angelo, but Montez Ford is my dude. He's like um, Angelo Dawkins in NXT. I, I think both those dudes have very similar aesthetics, and I think they're star- Angelo Dawkins in NXT. Or Angelo Dawkins. Oh, my God. Um, Carmelo Hayes? Carmelo Hayes. Thank you. Wow. That's going to make me sound terrible. <laughs> um, I'm just terrible with names. Ask, uh, honest to God, ask anyone. I, give me a movie star, especially women. I have no fucking idea who they are. I can't tell you, uh, t- truthfully, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a public place with Mark and I've seen somebody. There was a particular time where somebody walked up to him. We both knew who she was. And she was, oh, my God, Mark, I haven't seen you in so long. Gave him oh, a God. big hug. Walked away, and he literally looked me in the face and said, "I played along." Who was that? No, oh, yeah, she walked up to me and she li- I, she grabbed my beard, and I'm one of those people like you wouldn't do that unless you know me, and I also know how terrible my memory is. So I looked at this person and went, "Oh fuck, I'm being dumb. I just don't remember who this er- who this errs who this is." Um, I'll just play along. Oh hey, what's up? Whatever. And then as soon as she walked away, I looked at Jamie and I was like, "Who in the?" God damn shit was that? Because <laughs> nobody grabs me. Jamie doesn't grab me by my beard. My daughter doesn't grab me by my beard. This random redheaded girl just grabs me by the face. Like, I don't know. I'm terrible with faces, don't so don't really read funny. too much into that one. Uh, but yeah, we had, uh, unfortunately, Angelo Dawkins was not able he took the to L. get win over Damian Priest, which mm-hmm. I kind of understand. Um, but Elias Ford, or Elias Ford, Montez Ford got it over Elias. Um, I could see that because there's not a lot of uh, momentum behind Elias at all. Unfortunately. Uh, which is sad because ever since our, or, uh, Matt Riddle was no longer with WWE for the time being, which we haven't, it's definitely been more than six weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, but that, that storyline got dropped. Elias kind of got pushed to the back of the shuffleboard. Uh, I, I'm wondering if this is going to be, like I said, this is going to be the start of the, the singles run. For Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins each. Sure. Um, 
I'd like you, to see it. What do you think of the 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 setup for the elimination match? We've got, like I said, Theory, Rollins, Gargano, Bronson, Damian, and uh, Ford as the um, six individuals for a title. Like, whoever hmm. wins this leaves the t- leaves with the belt. Yeah. <sighs> Tough sell. Tough sell. Right. Um, I'm not a fan of uh, Austin theories around, so Seth Rollins has to be there. Right. That's not my favorite. I think they'll build up to that being the big thing of, oh my God, here comes Seth. In they the have, they in, have history. In the chamber? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that thing. I don't think they'll start off anything like that. I don't that. think they're going to get it for Rollins, though, because he's there <laughs> teasing him and Logan Paul. Yeah, no, I don't think, I don't think so either. I think it's going to happen at WrestleMania, so that's just building more unnecessary fuel right. when other people could be in it. So who I could, think Gargano who, being in it is just like they're tugging at strings or trying to make anything happen. I feel like that's a weird... I feel like weird the, person yeah. to put in there. I, I feel like the only person that would be like smart to put the belt on would be Damian Priest. I was gonna say Montez. Really? Yes. See, I, the only reason because I said then that... it, it kind of splits off the team. Mm-hmm. It gives Montez and Angelo the opportunity to shine on their own right. because they definitely don't need each other. Although I'm a huge, huge Street Profits fan. Mm-hmm. They don't need each other. They're both great on their own, and I think that would be a good push for them to kind of do their own thing, Montez being on top. Maybe even put a feud between the two of them. I mean, they've had a, they've had a little bit of back and forth every once in a while, some mm-hmm. disagreements. Montez is definitely cocky. He'll, he'll volunteer himself when it's not necessary, you know, things see, like I, that. I, yeah, yeah, I could see them doing it that way, but see, I think it's going to go Damien Priest. Because it's going to get a little bit of legitimacy to the Judgment Day. You got Rhea Ripley going for Charlotte Flair's title, right? Which will be at WrestleMania. Uh, if Damian Priest gets the belt, now you'll have two belts. If the, obviously if Rhea wins, you'll have two belts in the Judgment Day. I think it'll give a lot more legitimacy to the faction. So we'll find out come Elimination Chamber, which is in this weekend, six days from when this posts. Um, it'll be whoever's going to leave with the U.S. title, whether Theory he's going to retain, or I mean, that's a that's a real big uphill. He's going to have to fight five other people in the elimination chamber. Yeah, I mean, even him coming away with the belt, I think, might be a good thing for him just to try to push over that he really is good enough, even to hold up to some of these top guys. Oh, I never thought about that. Instead of dropping you know, the title, or it would make him look strong retain. if he ended up retaining. I mean, look at after... Bronson Reed. That dude is huge. And if like I oh, said, yeah. like we've said before, if you know anything about what he's done in Japan, you know he's he's incredible. So to to be like, hey, I won over him. I won over Seth right. freaking Rollins, like he always says. Well, I think know? if he won over Seth Rollins, it wouldn't be the most outlandish thing in the world. He's done it before. They feud. I mean, you and I right. have bitched, I don't know how many times about but how they do it But he's conceded, and I think he might want that one more notch on his, you know, right. on his uh, uh, bedpost. Right. One of those things. It'll be good to see. <laughs> I mean, I think this is the majority of, I think everybody except for maybe Seth Rollins and maybe Theory, I think this is their first... Uh, Elimination Chamber. I don't know. I'm not too, again, I'm not too big on Elimination Chamber. So when it comes around, and honestly, this has been like the first full year we've really paid attention to wrestle, or uh, I'm sorry, to WWE. WWE. So uh, a lot of the history is lost on us for the past couple of years, but it's, it's, I'm sure it's going to be a good match. They always do spots in the Elimination Chamber that are, you can't do in any other match. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're climbing the cage, you're jumping off the cage, you're slamming people that into t- the cage. Brock like broke out of the Elimination Yeah, he got chamber. tired of being in there. And apparently... <laughs> That was, I think, believe that was last year. He wasn't supposed to do that. No. I think he was supposed to hit it and like make like look mean, but when he did, it just completely decimated the walls. Yeah, and just went with and, it. You know, he pulled his, he went full Chris Jericho and broke the walls down. 
This, this I swear to God, this show is filled with nothing <clears throat> but stupid puns. While we're talking about Brock Lesnar, let's talk about his feud with Bobby Lashley. Brock Lesnar. Yes. Say it right. Paul Heyman Barack would be upset. Brock Lesnar. He came out with a $5 denim jacket <laughs> and said that he was holding a contract to fight said Bobby Lashley at Elimination million Chamber. Do- it was, I think he said million-dollar contract. Perhaps in a $5. Mul- multi-million-dollar contract. In a $5 denim jacket. Yeah, he said, there's a, in, this de- in this $5 outfit, I have a multi-million-dollar contract for Bobby Lashley. Yep. Which if is- he has the balls to come out and accept, uh, Bobby Lashley does come out, and he says that his lawyer, his best friend, his cousin, the guy next door, and everybody at the grocery store are going to look over the contract, double check, make sure it's legit, he'll get back to him. Okay, real quick, speaking of lawyers, did you see the photo of Stokely Hathaway posted uh, and tagging Tony Khan, and it was him and Al Sharpton, and he's like, hey, Tony Khan, you know, I know you're going to make my, my wrist getting hurt, you know, right, by the way, here's a picture of me and Al, Shar- uh, Al Sharpton, it's not related, I just figured, you know, I'd post it with it. <laughs> <laughs> so good sorry we're talking about lawyers and, and all this like stupid shit outside of uh, wrestling and that <laughs> just popped into my mind um but yeah uh brock didn't really like his answer no he uh he, he went to go to walk away and brock was like well fuck that f i what else what else i mean i mean yeah what, oh <laughs> I, I, somebody saw it or said it on twitter i'm 90 percent sure that Brock Lesnar is contractually contractually obligated to F5 somebody every time he's on TV. Yes. And it, it, to be honest with you, I can agree with that because mm-hmm. he came out, he destroyed Bobby Lashley, um, and now they have a contract signing set for this Monday on Raw. Uh, I, I'm really hoping this ends this kind of like pseudo feud we've got going with Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Yeah. It's been going for we like a year, year and a half now. Shakeups. Um, and the matches, they haven't been that good. Like, the past two no. matches have not been the greatest, you know, quality matches. And I think it's just just because you've got two big, meaty men. And you know me, I'm a huge fan of big, meaty men that I, I just don't think this works every single time. I think it maybe once or twice it worked. And then after that, it's just, it's old hat, you know what I mean? So, I'm hoping this is the end of this feud. I'm hoping that this, you know, puts a a cap on their matches uh and then we move if we're gonna if we're gonna move forward with brock lesnar i think bobby lashley's gonna go and do the hurt locker stuff um but i let's move on with brock lesnar let's put brock lesnar into something hurt business what did i say hurt locker Locker. oh that's the move yeah um (laughs) i i just i I, let's move brock into another ridiculous feud with somebody else I, i would just like to see some fresh faces with brock lesnar if we're gonna if i'm gonna have to watch brock lesnar give me something new yeah agree you know what i mean now, we are leading on to the Elimination Chamber, and there is some unfinished business that gets taken care of during Raw. We had to determine who was going to be the last woman to participate in the Women's Elimination Chamber. Now, to determine this, we had a four-way women's match. This match included the newly returning Carmella, Mi Chin, Mia Yim, whatever you like to call her. Yeah. Still um, haven't figured out if we're calling her one or the other. <laughs> she answers by both. Uh, Candice LeRae and the newly repackaged Piper Niven. Although yes. not a new gimmick for her, just a new, new new gimmick for WWE Raw and SmackDown. Correct. Or main roster, whatever you want to call it. I I know NXT's 
now not the developmental. It's a technically third brand, but it's still a developmental. Whatever they want to say. Um, but yeah, she is reverted back to Piper Niven. I like it. Uh, which is what her persona was in NXT. She's more n- true to her character. She was uh, called Viper on uh, the indie, c- indie circuit. She mm-hmm. had her Scottish accent, and she wasn't quite as bubbly and cutesy as she, as she is like she is now. Um, but we also had Carmella returning from injury. Uh, I believe she had something, I think she had a face kicked in. I can't remember exactly what Carmella ended up having. I know she had, uh, she was pregnant for a while, had some complications, but I don't think this was related to that. Um, but she returns and in a surprise ends up getting the win. Yeah. Honestly, I was really surprised here too, but yeah, and- she ends up taking the last place. Uh, the first four places in this elimination chamber were determined by Adam Pierce who said the last four women that were in the Royal Rumble were automatically going to go on to this Elimination Chamber match, obviously aside from Rhea Ripley. And so those four that, were there you go. Uh, Oscar, Liv Morgan, <laughs> Nikki Cross, and Raquel Rodriguez. You got it. But we also had a four-way match last week on, I believe, Raw. Don't check me on that. It's probably wrong. <laughs> uh, where uh, Natalia ended up winning... Yep, uh, and we another, talked about that, the Canadian rule. And another, yeah, the Canadian rule, and another surprise, which I didn't think you and I were thought that, that Carmella and and uh, Natalia were going to be the other two in the Elimination Chamber. Nope, sure did no, not. Now, no. this is this will determine the Raw Women's Champion number one contender. Right. So Bianca's we're talking belt. a little bit about this. You know, who do you think is going to win this and face Bianca Belair? And this will be at uh, WrestleMania, correct? This will be at WrestleMania, okay. which I do find kind of surprising. They've got one... Going for the U.S. title, mm-hmm. which if you want to, you know, quote unquote terminology is a mid-card uh, belt. And now we have the elimin- Women's elim- Elimination Chamber, which is going for the world title. Mm-hmm. One of the world titles. Well, they only have world titles, you know. You have a SmackDown title, you have a Raw title. It's all right. they have for women, so that's right. all they can do. I, unf- I, I understand that. It's just, one's even, one's a, a, for the title. And yep. then one's for a number one contender. Yeah, stop. A little bit shot. different, but I kind of like it. It's it, yeah, it's, not as cliche. You don't. I guess you're right. You don't have to have everything exactly the same. This you don't. Chamber, it kind of threw know. a wrench in things when they first announced it. I went, that's different. I weird. like it. It's weird, but yeah, I liked it. Um, who do you got? Hmm. Who deserves this shot? Who I haven't who's really going to give us a good thought. match at WrestleMania versus Bianca, who is just Oscar? Great. Thank you. You took the words from my mouth. Knee-jerk reaction. Like, <laughs> looking at the f- six individuals, there's no way Carmella, no way Nikki Cross, no way Liv Morgan. I just don't think they have... Yeah. No way Natalia. May- okay, I take that back. I Maybe Liv Morgan. So. Maybe Liv... Yeah, I'm going to swap Liv Morgan and Natalia. I don't think knee-jerk reaction, Carmella, Raquel, and Natalia, I don't think we're are going to win. I think Raquel would be a really good match, though. Raquel I think she'd be a good Bianca, match. But at WrestleMania? Holy shit, that no would be way. incredible. And I don't think Raquel's ready for that. If you're going to put anybody over that's new to the scene, I'd say Nikki Cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it between, if you said between Asuka and Liv at that point, definitely overall everybody, I think Asuka's going to win this. 100% got uh, agree. She just got, went away for a little bit, went back to Japan, came back, repackaged yep. as kind of her Talking Asuka about Kana. bringing packages, yeah, old packages back from, yep. uh, old gimmicks from NXT. Piper Nevin, Asuka. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that they've got a lot of star power, star, star power in Asuka. Uh, the fans love her. Yep. Uh, I know a lot of people bitch about she has a language barrier because she doesn't speak English, you know, as clear mm-hmm. as as most people would like. 
That sounds like that's a personal can, problem. I think people can get their heads out of their asses mm-hmm. and just deal with it. And she tells the story the without attention. having to talk. Right. You know, the, the, the face paint and the masks and the way she walks and the way she wrestles. Mm-hmm. It's just a different style. And I can, I guess, understand that Japanese wrestling is, is a different style than and a Americanized WWE wrestling can be. So it's different. Uh-huh. I understand that, too. For me, Asuka, I'm a huge fan because it is. It's different. She's like, um, <laughs> surprising I'm going to say this because we've talked about how much we don't necessarily like him. Chris Jericho is always <laughs> reinventing himself. He's always a different persona. He, this company, he's this. This company, he's this. Right. You know, <clears throat> to this day, I still talk about the list. You know, oh, I yeah. think that was just a great gimmick. Like you're on the list. And then like, once you make those, still, once you make those gimmicks a thing, and you you have some history and some you know, you know, just some severity behind them, it's it 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 you can bring them up later. Mm-hmm. And that's what Chris Jericho is doing right now. He's not even reinventing himself. He's going back to things that people want to see. They want to see the Lionheart Chris Jericho. They right. want to see you know what was the clown one, the pain maker. Mm-hmm. They want to see you know. Y2J, they want right. to see JAS Chris Jericho. You know, he has, and he can bring these back to get, you know, I guess nostalgia points. Like wrestling fans are huge into nostalgia. You get any wrestling fan of any generation loves their generation of wrestling, and any other generation is fucking, you know, not, does not meet up to the standards. Yeah, but if you're going to continue to be throughout different generations of wrestling, you have to reinvent yourself. You've Asuka got to adapt. Constantly is doing that for me where she's just. What, what's she going to do next? Right. And I, I think that that right there is going to be the push uh, to put her into the main event, or not the main event of WrestleMania, to put her into the spotlight at WrestleMania mm-hmm. against Bianca Belair. Talking about Asuka, though, what a fun match between her and Chelsea Green, who has been repackaged, brought back to WWE. And as much as she's I been shit on in these three matches, it. or these two matches, and the Royal Rumble, I think she's doing great. It's just so good she has this karen gimmick um she on raw comes up to adam pierce complaining um that wasn't swiss chocolate that was i don't know some other type of chocolate i've been to belgium that wasn't belgian chocolate that That was was some cheap knockoff this is bullshit i'm gonna get on the phone with your manager and tell you that tell them that you're not treating your stars properly if you don't give me a match so unfortunately for her she had to face oscar things didn't go well for her Surprise, surprise. Yeah, right. Um, everybody did uh, want to watch that match as the other contenders of the uh, Elimination Chamber match were around the ring. Yeah, I don't know. We were watching. At first was odd. We were watching, and at first I thought, I was like, so is she vying for a spot? Like, is she trying to take Asuka's spot in the Elimination Chamber? Because that's when all, the, yeah, like you said, the other five members of uh, the Elimination Chamber match this Sunday or Saturday, they were all just surrounding the ring like it was a lumberjack match. I was going to say, it looked like a lumberjack match. It was confusing. And of course, the match only went like three minutes. Asuka mm-hmm. just completely destroyed her. Um, Chelsea Guerin leaves the ring and ended up having, turning it into a promo for Bianca Belair to come out and just kind of to flex on, on people, I think, to obviously promote the match. Uh, I was really bewildered by the segment, though. Like, it was weird. Like, I don't understand why they were all out there, like, judging the match you know like it mattered like i feel like none of them should have been out there it was a cheap pop to get recognition for the elimination match i feel like you could have done the same thing and i'm glad chelsea green was on tv but i feel like the match was pointless 
I feel like you could have yeah. done a backstage segment to further a little bit of storyline in the Elimination Chamber match. You mm-hmm. could have had Liv Morgan and Asuka go toe to, you know, kind of face to face. Nikki Cross sneaking up on, yeah, on Raquel people. Rodriguez, you know, like, mm-hmm. or all six of them being talked to by Adam Pierce and then all hell breaks loose between all six of them. Right. And Bianca Belair, like, cuts a promo on all six of them mm-hmm. at the time. Like, it was a little weak. I just, I didn't think it was necessary. Like I said, I don't want to diminish putting Chelsea Green on TV, but I didn't think it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it fueled later on into her character because then she complained again. And of course, you have uh, Charlotte Flair's most recent uh, opponent, um, Sonia Deville. Sonia Deville. I believe she was talking to Adam Pierce. She was complaining about how she wasn't in the Elimination yep. Chamber match. And, you know, somebody's talking to Adam Pierce. Well, here comes Chelsea Green again. And she walks up to Adam Pierce and says, I want to know who's in charge of SmackDown. I want to complain about the raw manager. And it was the same person. It was still Adam Pierce. Yeah. And she had to be like, Chelsea, I'm the same exact guy you've already talked to and complained about uh, several times. And in complete care and fashion, act like, acted like she had no idea what the hell he was talking about. She great. said that she had facial uh, blindness or something. No, facial like that. amnesia. Amnesia. And she said, Are you trying to make fun of my disability? I love I'm it. on the floor rolling at this point. I thought it was hysterical. I mean, she didn't miss a beat. No, I love she it. She is just great. Unfortunately, we haven't seen anything from uh, her hubby, Matt Cardona. Don't I don't call, think he's making Don't it. call him Zack Ryder. Nope. I think because they're not letting him have the gimmick. But clearly, right? They've threatened a lawsuit I mean, at this point. I mean, at this, but I don't think does, he's coming back. But does he need to? Like just, no. just the the talk of him no. going to WWE is making his his worth go up even higher. Mm-hmm. He's got stuff booked out through March. Actually, I, I saw him tweet the other day. On the Indies, you know? I saw him tweet the other day. He actually had to try. He's been trying to get a hold of anybody that's made uh, bookings with him because apparently he holds he uses a physical calendar to keep track of all of his bookings. And he lost the calendar. So he has no idea. He's like, if you've booked me in the next like three months, like email me because I have no idea. So he obviously has, he obviously has things booked up. I don't think he's going to WWE. I think he, he got on that hype train, always ready, always fucking ready. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter when doesn't, like I said, bad hype, woo woo woo, bad hype is good hype and good hype is even better hype. So I think, you know. The hype master himself is oh, just yeah. riding the him. train of Chelsea Good Green going to WWE. Mm-hmm. I think Chelsea Green going to WWE is doing better for Matt Cardona than Mar- Matt Cardona going to fucking WWE. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> well, Chelsea Green being the selfish woman that she is begs Adam Pierce, not even begs, demands. She is not Excuse being me. selfish. She is just being, she's looking up for herself. Of course. And she demands a match from Adam Pierce who says, well, you know, Look over here, Sonia Deville's over here. You're going to be teaming up with her, and you will be facing Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Two of the Elimination Chamber participants. Correct. Uh, and yeah, they had a tag match, and I, again, it was another one of those felt like a time waster. Uh, I don't know if they're just they're trying to establish them as a tag team. Uh, the match was not bad, and there's nothing. I'm not like knocking them. Uh but this was on SmackDown, and I really did feel like all of SmackDown was just a two-hour wrestling show based around the Bloodline segment. Yes. Uh, everything on here, there wasn't really a lot of substance. There was Baron Corbin got dumped by JBL. There was like... Thankfully. Uh, you know, 
there wasn't a lot on SmackDown, and I think this was just another one of those filler matches, but we're we're leading, this is the problem with the road to WrestleMania, is we're leading up to Elimination Chamber, which has effects on WrestleMania. Right. And then once that happens, like, a lot of the matches to WrestleMania are set, and you can't really alter them, so the storylines end up being stagnant all the way up and through, you know, until WrestleMania finally happens. So basically what I'm saying is hopefully in the long run, all of these matches that we see on SmackDown and Raw that don't seem like they're very congruent to a story develop into something and I can put my foot in my mouth and say, man, I was really wrong about this match between this person, that person, and this person. But we won't see until honestly after, after WrestleMania. And I think here we save the best for last when I say that we are talking about the bloodline. Now, there's no Roman Reigns this week. We can talk Not about directly. the the, the head of the table, you know, the tribal chief. Um, tribal chief. But he wasn't there. He was there in spirit and in phone call. Yes, although Sami Zayn was there a lot. Now the question was, will Jay Uso be there? Right. As we well, let's let's start with Raw. That was the let's question. That was the question of the week, and yeah. we didn't get any answers on Raw. We only got, we got nothing. We got we, Paul Heyman with two belts. Walking out to the ring. We really didn't get any developments with, with Raw, with the Bloodline and Raw. No. Um, but we did get a promo from Cody Rhodes. Now, if you haven't seen this promo, <clears throat> you're doing okay. yourself a disservice. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty good promo. Yeah. Um, they go out and after all of this has been said and done, they've said that a lot of this was not scripted. A lot of this was off the cusp. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Cody Rhodes brings up some very personal things about. Back in the year 2000, when the Rhodes family wasn't doing financially good, um, I'm sorry, financially well, I have to use my proper grammar. Yes. Um, I'm proud of you. And he told a story of how Paul Heyman went to Dusty Rhodes and offered him a paycheck. And it, in doing that, gave Dusty Rhodes his confidence back and ended up turning the tables. And uh, Paul Heyman, for the first time in, I, I've, I've I don't ever think seen I've him, ever seen Paul break like that before. Was in tears, mm-hmm. and you could tell that that was a story that really hit him personally. And he mentions as such, uh, once Cody Rhodes gets done with his section of the promo, you know, Paul Heyman pulls up the microphone and says, "Wow, you really got me on that one." And he's choked up for a minute, and it was one of those things like, "Damn, I can't believe Cody Rhodes of all people, sure, you know, pop the bubble that is Paul Heyman." But I, I'm, I'm gonna let you take it from here because I've got a great job because he said, "This isn't about your father," which. Woo! That that line alone was tough. Yeah. Um, and yep. then he, like an absolute pro, because you know we're talking about ECW. He's been doing this forever. Right. He just put the pedal to the floor and progressed right into his side of the promo, where he talked about how obviously Roman is. There's a reason why Roman is the head of the table. I'm pretty sure but, you could watch Paul Heyman suck the tears back up with his eyes. He's so he really good at this. did. Now, what was interesting was he, you know, you want to talk about your dad, okay? Well, your dad was involved in talent that came up through leading to WWE. And one of those people is Roman Reigns. So Mm -hmm. your dad helped establish Roman Reigns. But he also said that he didn't help establish you, Cody Rhodes. Right. Which is partly true. Obviously, I'm sure Dusty Rhodes has a lot to do with Cody Rhodes' training, but... It was in a time where Cody Rhodes was not trained by Dusty Rhodes directly. And Paul Heyman hits pretty harsh on that note. Um, there was a lot of, a lot of person, personal experiences into this promo, and it was really 
really good leading up into the elimination, or I'm sorry, WrestleMania, or possibly it might not even be Roman Reigns mm-hmm. if Sami Zayn pulls the inevitable or the impossible off. Which I like that something it, that Cody has been kind of playing off of lately is that, you know, let's be real. Sammy is a really talented dude. So it's in all rights possible that I'm right. facing Sammy oh, Zayn yeah. at WrestleMania. And I like that they're doing Roman. that. They're, they're breaking down that kind of like wall of, you know, this is how it's going to be. And because that's always been something that we've always pointed out is, you know, they'll, they'll promote a match. You know, Roman Reigns versus X person while they're having a match of Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Right. You know, and it's like, well, um, why? How am I supposed to believe that Kevin Owens is supposed to win this when you already have another rivalry set up? And they never referenced the idea that, th- that he could possibly lose. And I feel like, I don't know if they're, if they're letting Cody Rhodes take liberties, kind of like, you know, oh, he's the outsider who. Okay. He's the woke. I've always joked about having like a quote unquote, like woke wrestling gimmick mm-hmm. to where you know that it's all you know pulled punches and and you know acrobatics maybe he's kind of doing that to where he's like well maybe Sami Zayn is popular enough that they'll give him the belt yeah and then i have to face Sami Zayn there's at a little CD i'm gonna plant you know what i mean and it but might be good. nothing kind of makes you rethink what you know about wrestling and i mean we'll talk about it because the next segment come come uh smackdown they start out with a promo with paul Heyman. And who interrupts him but Sami Zayn. So now we go from Paul Heyman having a segment with Cody Rhodes in a very emotional, moving you know, promo into immediately addressing the elephant in the room and having Sami Zayn show up. Right. And having him have a conversation with him right after just talking to Cody Rhodes earlier yeah, just in the week. Yeah, just a few days ago. And if you do, like, you act like, you know, wrestlers don't talk to each other in between shows. Yeah, I know. You know, this is literally, <laughs> like, the next thing Paul Heyman does. And it was another one of those where it's like, damn, there's a lot of, there's a lot of emotion in this, in this match. Because Absolutely. you got Sami Zayn, who's been dedicating his time and his effort, much like Cody Rhodes, to coming back into WWE. Sami Zayn's been trying to be a part of the bloodline, and now he's had his, you know, everybody's had his, you know, turn his back on him so there's a lot going into him for this this match come elimination chamber and i i I love this dynamic they have just between this without even roman reigns being a thing right we can still have a bloodline segment that's so entertaining with no roman reigns with no bloodline no solo sokoa unless you consider paul Heyman the bloodline which i mean i guess he's the representative of sure i'm i'm loving this like it's it's got me hook line and sinker Mm -hmm. and then like you said we bring up the topic of is Jay going to show up for the WWE ta- SmackDown tag title right, match that's on SmackDown? Ricochet and Braun Strowman have won the, uh, it was like a tournament, tur- like yeah. a tag team SmackDown tournament, and were facing the Usos for the tag team titles on SmackDown. And we've heard nothing from Jay. Ever Jimmy since, claims he hasn't heard from him. Yep. Solo claims he hasn't heard Ever from him. Ever since the Rumble. You know. Ever since the Rumble when, when, he, when Sammy finally turned. Yep. So it, Jimmy was sweating it. Mm-hmm. He was really worried. And Even coming out to the ring, he wasn't to, out. Yeah, Jimmy was going there, you know, going down to the ring, and it, it was starting. And uh, what is it, JoJo, the announcer? Yes. yes. She started announcing, like, oh, and I guess it's just going to be Jimmy defending the tag team championships. And, then, and all of a sudden, you look over, and here comes John Jay. Moxley style yeah, coming for through real. the crowd. And, oh. Uh, Jimmy deserves an award. It's been for great how storytelling well he with this. Sold seeing his brother. It was like 
like you haven't seen your brother because they've been in the military for 10 years mm-hmm. and you don't know your brother's going to be there and you're there talking about them and you turn around and your brother's tapping you on the shoulder and you're like, oh my God, it's one of those moments. It was like one of those moments for Jimmy. He was like, my brother, my well, dog, it, it's the first time my you dude see in the womb. A non-confident Miuso. I mean, he comes out, he was like, he was shook. Yeah. He's holding his belts like, all right, I got this, got to hold it down, you know, but you know, he has no brother has been been there this in like what five hundred days, whatever we're going on with with their title reign. All of a sudden, he shows up. Damn, I'd be happy as hell too. Absolutely, Wade Barrett. I have to just take a moment to say that <laughs> Wade Barrett thought it was a good idea to to bring this up. Okay, before Jay comes back. No, no, no. This was after he comes back. He says, "Okay, oh, that's right. Jimmy this and one. Jay have the disadvantage here. They didn't prepare for the match." The only thing they can rely on at this point is the, only the thing. 15 years of tag team wrestling that they've had together. God damn, that's not enough time or experience. Wade, that might have been the dumbest thing I've ever heard. My God, what an idiot. <laughs> I'm not one to I call I don't think a... these two need to prepare. No. They wake up prepared. They've been doing this. They're <laughs> twins for fuck's sakes. What, what, one's maybe a minute or two older than the other yeah, one? They were trained by their uncle. I mean, this yeah. is like a family thing. Like, this isn't. What was that? I don't know what that. I don't. I don't know. Uh, what uh, were they off their game? Because Jay took a couple days off. Like, like that's. I mean, honestly, it's probably the longest they've gone without speaking to each other. But at the same time, like, I don't think that's such a uh, disadvantage that you know it dwarfs fifteen plus years of of <laughs> tag team of, wrestling. Of just being a tag team. Let's not even talk about them being brothers for yeah. thirty plus years or champions. Yeah, like yeah. for over for almost two years being tag champions, uh-huh. and it's not the first time they've been tag champions no. either. It's the only thing they can rely on. I hate saying this, but and as much as I hate him, I think uh, Corey Graves is the smartest one out of the forum besides Michael Cole. But I Absolutely. feel like Michael Cole is like god tier announcer at this point because he's been doing it for so long. But but he actually knows the facts and what bothers me sometimes is that Corey like over knows the facts. I think he over prepares this stuff. I absolutely hate when Corey Graves uses a pop culture reference that only has has something to do with the hardcore punk scene and only like seven <laughs> people in the fucking audience would even understand it and I understand it and I look at Corey Graves and I'm like god how do I want to punch you in the mouth and sit down and hang out with you at the same fucking time. <laughs> I think I'm just jealous of that man because he's got better hair than I do. Yeah, yeah. You got to give him that. Um, so the match happens. Braun and Ricochet, they showed off their talent really well. They've actually become a pretty decent tag team, which and is the weird really it was like a joke them. about it. But now it's like a real serious thing. So they got their moment to shine. But let's be real. It just It's not time for the Usos, especially against those two in particular. No, it's definitely not. I, I think they got something with the tag team. Maybe. I, I don't know if it's going to last long, though. I think that it's going to be one of What's those. What's that? The Usos having no, 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 Braun and uh, Ricochet. No, I no, I don't no, think no. It, I, I think it's going to eventually dissolve. Um, but I could be wrong. I mean, they've had weirder times. I mean, look at the Rock and Sock connection. For fuck's sakes, I'm it's not, not sure. A weird. I'm not sure if that That's was supposed weird. to be. I don't know if that was supposed That's to be a tag genius. team, but um, you know, you never know. We could ha- we could be on the dawn of the n- newest. Tag team, You're gonna tell you know, me Ricochet and Braun are gonna be on Rock and Sock connection level? Not Rock and Sock connection level, but How at the same you? time, you never know. Like that, you've had like Keith, a Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, maybe. Uh, yeah, Swerve and Keith Lee. You've got. I, I mean, I just, not you know, meant to happen, but it just kind of works. It just works. Mm-hmm. People love it. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, definitely not this match. 
Um, no, no, no. This wasn't happening. This they wasn't look happening. Great. It's just more storyline. They look uh, great. They looked great. Jimmy and Jay, t- uh, of course, picked up the win. They both looked hurt and tired afterwards, though. I got to get Yeah, it they looked like they were spent by the end of the yeah, match. I don't they know were if done. that was kayfabe or if they, they were just. Done. I think that must was have real. been that two weeks they didn't have to repair. Of uh, those 15 they were... <laughs> years, they really relied on it. It did them. They did okay, though. They ended up taking Wade the Barrett, uh, belt. Wait, Barrett, I've got some bad news for you. You God, suck at commentary. Wade. Yeah, yeah. Some bad news. Um, so afterwards, Jimmy and Jay, they're walking back. They got the titles, the, you know, oos, 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 you know, whatever they do. And, uh, <laughs> they're, <laughs> just, they're having a they're little, they're just in the back going, oos, 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 they're, oos, they're oos, having oos. a little conversation. And Jimmy was like, so what's up, Jay? Like, you feeling oozy? Like, you with us? You against you us? Oozy? You feeling oozy? You with us? You against us? And Jay was like, mm, I don't not, know. not ready to I tell you. Know. I'm out. And he just walks away. Now you look in the back, obvious as fuck. Paul Heyman, boo creeping so I just, hard. I just eyes learned bulging. what this term was, boo creeping. A boo creeping, eyes bulging. He's in the back. He fucking hears everything. It's clear. He hears everything always. How dare you even think he's not there? And then Paul, a couple seconds later, walks up and is like, oh, hey, Jimmy. Oh, I see you and Jay retained. Oh, congratulations. So what's up with Jay? Did he say anything? Jimmy's like, nah, he just left. By the way, so I do. I do want to, just in case anybody else out there didn't know what boo creeping is, uh, by dictionary.com, it's an adjective, advancing or developing gradually so as to infringe on or supplant something else, creeping inflation or creeping socialism. I think those last two might be a little bit. Let's take that back, Park out, you know, it's, it's, you know. Exactly it's what Paul creeping. did. You boot creeping. It's You're hiding behind a pole, those eyes bulging. What's up? That's you one know? of those terms like, you don't need to know the definitions. Yeah, uh, if you don't know now, you know. He's boot creeping. What do you mean he's boot creeping? Look See at him. him. See him? Oh, uh, okay. See him? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jimmy not being a hundo with Paul. Not yep. being a hundo with the bloodline. And Paul mm, was on the phone with, the uh, with Roman directly afterwards. Uh, we also ended up having a segment with uh, Jay walking through the loading docks. And running into Sami Zayn. Yes. And it seems like they're kind of on the same page. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, they were talking. Sami said, you know, great to see you, blah, 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 blah. And he goes to like, hey, you want the dap? Like, what's up, my dude? Like, mm-hmm. I'll see you when I see you. And Jimmy sketched, or Jay, I'm so sorry. Jay sketched out, was like, we can't be doing that here. And Sammy just stern was like, mm. But, that but the dap, bro. though. And Jay, he took a deep breath. Checked over his shoulder. Hit it. He dapped. He, he dapped. hit it. Blood might not be thicker he than hit water. It. <laughs> I don't know. I think this is going to develop a lot this weekend coming up at Elimination Chamber. I think you said it was six days after posting. I think it's five days after posting. It's going to oh, be right, a Saturday, Saturday, not a Sunday. Premium live event. That's Thank right. you. That's a little bit more convenient for my schedule. Right. Um, it's always nice to wake up on a Sunday when you're tired. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there was a little bit of interaction there. And eventually this led to another case of interaction between uh, Jimmy and Paul, Paul Heyman. Heyman. Uh, Paul basically telling Jimmy to uh, you know, he talk to the uh, tribal chief, you should stay home. And I think it's probably a good idea because if you uh, pull back the curtain, we got a couple of DUIs holding certain individuals from going you know, to Montreal, Quebec, Canada. A felony will keep you from getting that passport. Yep, yep. You would know. You just went and got your passport. I just did go get my passport. Ooh, I didn't um, think about that. It's pulling back the... I mean, this... We're th- that's. I mean, that's pretty much the bloodline thing all in itself. I don't, I don't know what else there is to say yeah, about it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's coming to a head. 
Oh yeah. At least it's a crumbling. It's, it's a crumbling. Uh, I just wanted to end it before we got too too far. Um, but I didn't think about it. There's going to be a time uh, come September. Hopefully, we're still doing this podcast in September. Um, you're going to be in Italy for a couple of days. I'll be on for a while. So I hope, I'm going to have. I hope you're entertained by Mark. I know. Um, I might have I to see if I can get great. you. I'm going to have to see if we can get you on a Skype call. Um, I think a tipsy Jamie. We could try. I think a tipsy Jamie in Italy on vacation ten days in yeah. would be uh, interesting for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that pretty ra- much wraps That's up. That's gonna the wrap up interesting storylines and shenanigans with AEW and WWE. Let's talk about the week coming well, hold up. On. I, oh. I do need to. I do need to stop you now. Oh. We we do have. Okay. There is one thing we got to consider. <laughs> we are not going to have a podcast before. Elimination Chambers. I'd like to, but we we might not possibly. Yeah, we might not. I want to go through the matches real quick. Okay, sure. Let's talk about it. And see what we think, who's going to win, or who's not going to win, maybe. I I think we've only got four for right now. Okay. Um, And we're going by the Wikipedia, so, you know, this is Wikipedia. Somebody probably just changed this to make it, you know, completely wrong. Um, We will go from the top to the bottom. We have the men's Elimination Chamber match. Who do you think is going to win? Well, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, if, if it's a matter of losing the title, Montez, great push, break up the street profits, good right. singles run. If it's a matter of just building up Austin theory, great way for him to retain. Look who I won against all of these big guys, all of these guys that have been wrestling a lot longer than me. I think that's a good push for Austin theory. So, uh, in the grand scheme of things, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, Vince's baby boy, <laughs> uh, not Shane O'Mac. Austin Theory. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. I think it's going to go to Austin Theory. I don't think I have to drop the title. I think it's too soon. I think he's got too much potential. Let this one simmer. Let this one simmer a little bit. What about the women's elimination chamber match between Asuka and Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia, and the ever lovely and recently returning Carbella? Sure. If you're Corey, you would say that. Um, Again, we (laughs) we touched base a little bit about this. Uh, Asuka fan. All day. And I think, uh, grand scheme of things, okay, Asuka wins. Can she beat Bianca Belair? Is it time for Bianca Belair to lose? No. 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 Uh, I agree. No. Let Asuka, that one Asuka for the, for the uh, Elimination Chamber match for the number one contender. And then I don't think she's going to drop the title no. quite yet. Bianca is a generational superstar. Ooh, hot take. She is, and so is Montez. It's convenient they're married, but both of them are seriously like, I just love them. Charisma, we've talked about this before, charisma, wrestling, strength, persona, characters, outfits. I just can't say enough good things. So you would say you are a stan for Bianca Belair? Yeah, and and I think she needs to hold on to it for a little bit longer. I will say that I understand Charlotte and Rhea have their own thing going. Cool for them. But I was looking forward to set more Rhea facing Bianca personally. That would have been nice. That I think that would have been, nice. been fun. But So, and we didn't get to talk about this. We have Edge and Beth Phoenix taking on Finn, ba- Finn, ba- Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley in mixed tag match. What do Edge and Beth will gain from this? I feel like they gain nothing. There's no reason for this. Revenge. No. No. They need to let, uh, is it Finn? They need to let Finn and Rhea get the win. Especially with how hot need, Rhea is right now. Yeah, Rhea needs the steam. Let that continue to go. There's absolutely no reason that Edge and Beth Phoenix, who are just seasoned veterans here, 
need any more wins. I think Finn could use more of a push in his career and that, you know, he could take the win with, with mommy, mommy holding his hand. Again, <laughs> uh, it just sounds like I'm being a good husband and agreeing with everything my wife says, but I do agree with you in that I'm notion. just really good at this, you know? Um, now, <laughs> the, no, the I think this is the only one that really matters in the long run. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman taking on Sami Zayn for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Yes. But do you think that Roman Reigns could even potentially drop this belt? Personally, no. Personally, no. Do you hope it's going to happen? No. No? No, I don't. I don't. I... I don't know. I, I, I don't think they're going to have him drop the belt. Not a chance in hell. Um, but I, if they did, I wouldn't 100% behind it. I wouldn't be mad at it. I would be And Sami so Zayn versus it. Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania? Like, let's fucking go. I'm in. Oh, yeah, 100%. That'd be a great match. I think it'd be a better match than him and Roman, personally. I do. I, I as well. Sami Zayn is... is I'm kind of hoping that's what they're, they're teetering towards. Such a great wrestler. Such a great wrestler. So I and wouldn't Cody, be mad ha- at it. Cody Rhodes no. is white hot baby face. Sami Zayn is white hot baby face. I, it's it's going to be good. It, it's really, it's going to be, I don't know. I think it's going to be a great match. I think it's going to be entertaining. This is the first time, aside from Kevin Owens, which is the last pay-per-view I know, um, that I've actually been excited to see the match go down. But I think this is just like how the last few pay-per-views have been Survivor Series and, and Royal Rumble and all this. It's just, it's more to the story. Yeah. It's not about the wrestling. It's about the story that, that's elevating there. Like, maybe Sami Zayn interferes with Roman and Cody, Cody gets Rose. the belt. Yep. And it's because he interfered. With, you never know. You know? I personally think this is just to develop more to have um, Kevin and Sami versus the Usos at WrestleMania. Well, we will find out. Uh, Elimination Chamber will be this weekend. Um, we've got a bunch of matches coming up here. Uh, come Raw, SmackDown, Raw. We got Lesnar and Lashley ha- uh, signing the contract. We've got uh, Seth Rollins will be on Miz TV. Bronson Reed versus Mustafa Ali. There'll be a three versus three with Liv Morgan. Can uh, I just say <laughs> I can see it from a mile? Oh, Mustafa away. That Mustafa Ali is going to need about two to three weeks to recover from the ass beating. Yeah. That they are setting up for Bronson Reed to get. Oh, yeah. it's uh, I can't see him coming out on top. Ouchie. Uh, we have a three versus three women's with uh, Liv Morgan, Natalia, and Raquel Rodriguez taking on Asuka, Nikki Cross, and Carmella. And we are going to see a rematch between Rick Boogs. Boogs! And The Miz. Miz won't be wearing a suit, I guess, this time. Uh, as I'm we... sure that's what did it. It was the suit. It was the, what, yeah. $10,000 suit that Maurice bought him. That's why I couldn't fight you, Boogs. Get out of here. Uh, coming up on SmackDown, we also have uh, Ronda Rousey making her return with Shayna Baszler in tag team action against Shotzi and Natalia. They had a segment last week. Uh, it was boring and stupid, and I still don't like Ronda Rousey or Shayna Baszler, and I don't know why they're doing this. Uh, just to have Shotzi on TV, I guess. We also have uh, Gunther will be taking on Madcap Moss, who ended up winning a four-way match yeah, come for on, the Madcap. number one contenders match for the Intercontinental title. I didn't uh, see that coming and I'm neither. happy for him. Hit me so with a let's swerve go. on that one. Yep. Let's go. Um, Emma and him have been active on the roster lately. Yeah. Good to see them doing some things. 
Uh, and also we have Drew and Sheamus when the weirdest tag team, I don't know how they're still a thing and when they're going to start fighting each other. will be taking on, God, I can't even read my uh, own Viking handwriting, the Raiders. Viking Raiders in tag team action. Yes. Uh, we also have, good Lord. Let me take over for you, you as it, we talk about AEW Dynamite. We have, now, God, Tony Khan has just been giving us bang after bang. Oh. We have Brian Cage versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Uh, Mark Briscoe versus Josh Woods. Good what to a see Mark great back on TV. Match up. I mean, I'm sure these two have fought being in ROH before. Yes. Uh, we have Tony Storm versus Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. Adam Page versus Kip Sabian. What a lineup. And then we have uh, the acclaimed Daddy Ass. Why not throw in Orange Cassidy too? Versus Jay oh my Legal, God, I didn't even read Jeff that. Jarrett, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt. Well, oh, the, and the pencil. You well, know. the acclaim came out to help Orange Cassidy when Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, Satnam yep. Singh, and Sanjay Dutt all yep. came out to attack with the Golden Globe, Golden Globe Award. Yeah. It's this big thing with the podcast. If podcaster. you don't watch AEW, you are confused. Yes. It's okay. Um, I can see it on your face. Also, I heard MJF is required to appear on Wednesday night. Contractually obligated. Uh, and we're going to round up Dynamite with a Texas Tornado tag match because John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli will be facing Roosh and, finally and Preston Vance. We'll see him come back since his heel turn. Fuck. Um, apparently Wardlow will be on there. Adam Cole's going to be on TV. Uh, Rampage, there's a few matches anything? announced. Anything? I don't have anything written down. My uh, apologies. We'll have uh, Ricky Starks will be taking on Daniel Garcia okay. the rematch for his weird-ass gauntlet ah, match he ended Swerve up having. Swerve Strickland will finally be facing Dustin Rhodes. They've been talking smack back and forth between each other. Swerve's been talking a lot about uh, how much he does not like his brother or his father. Uh, Dustin takes that personal. Yes, the, in the Rhodes family, you know, they are not the only royal family and they take their royal family serious yep so he'll so, be facing swerve which is i think gonna be really fun as we watch dustin Rhodes coming to an end of his career as yep, far he as did wrestling that this will be his last year of active ring competition so it'll be kind of bittersweet to start seeing some of his matches as he's winding up his last bit of his career i mean his career has lasted as long as i've been alive it's just absolutely insane it's like 30 years i remember being literally in like elementary school watching him wrestle it's it's interesting that we're here and it's come full circle and we get to watch it come to an end no i'm sure his creaky old bones will really appreciate him being able to retire i I mean he's going to be in the back you know it he's going to be a part of aw for a long time so hopefully you'll hear from us shortly after elimination chamber as we can do some kind of initial reaction as to what we think the pay-per-view or i'm sorry premium live event ended up uh you know, how we ended up liking it, Little how the matches, are. you know, how we felt about everything going down. And I feel like the end match, obviously. Uh, Sami Zayn versus Roman. There's going to be some things to talk about. So hopefully you'll hear from us. Uh, regardless, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast where we brew the hottest takes and freshest coffee. I am Jamie. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at A Bacon Party. Uh, and I am Mark. I'm at Gunk Dudley. Make sure you follow us on Every social media, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Facebook at CAW Wrestling Pod. Uh, we post every time WWE and AEW and anytime we watch wrestling, we live tweet the events. Uh, we also take all of these podcasts and transcribe them into a video format for YouTube. So if you want to put it up on YouTube, if you don't use podcasts or anything like that and you just want to throw it up on YouTube, find us on YouTube at CAW Wrestling Pod. 
Um, Share this with a friend. Give us a five-star review. Uh, looks like the majority of you listen to us on Spotify, so a five-star review on there would be absolutely stellar. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Make sure you take a picture of you listening to us and tag us on social media, whichever one it is, and we will make sure we shout you out on, on the podcast. And, uh, thank you so much for joining us, and we will catch you in the next episode.